Let's read this together. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read uh, two verses to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. We're not, we're not doing it like the world does it. This is different. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, or they are not carnal, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now, he's going to define a stronghold. Here it is. We destroy arguments. Every lofty opinion or high thing raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So he just defined a stronghold. Stronghold is an argument. It's a high thing, a lofty opinion, and it is a thought. And he says we have the ability to tear these things down, destroy these things, pull these things down in our lives. Now, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 10, God says this, your job, everybody say, my job. My job. Come on, put it in the chat, type it in the chat, my job. One more time, my job. my job. Okay, look what he says, your job is to pull up and tear down. Your job is to take apart and demolish, and your job is to start over building and planting. That's your job. By the way, who's he talking to? He's talking to a prophet. So how are we going to tear down? How are we going to build up? How are we going to do this? We're going to do it with our words. We're going to do it with our thoughts. We're going to do it with the word of God. Hello. Your job is to do this. So I want to talk today about tear down, build up. But as I'm saying it, the sermon title should have been your job. So I want to preach for just a few moments from the subject, your job. This is your job. Sometimes you don't know the title until you're preaching, and then you go, missed it. But I got it back. I got it back. Your job. Father, I thank you that you've given us weapons. I thank you that you've given us wisdom. I thank you that you've given us divine power. And I pray we would use it in this area of our thought life. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said amen. And may you could be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Leonard. Appreciate you. Appreciate this worship team. Wow, so beautiful today. Worship was just so anointed. Aren't you great? Every Sunday we can just come in and receive. Your children are receiving right now. Just, I'm so grateful for the ministry of this church. I'm going to give you two points today. I'm a three-point preacher, but I only got two today because I have too much to say. So here's, here's the first point. Tear down. It is your job to tear down down. I, I want to review so much what I talked about last week, but I can't because we don't have the time. But I just want to remind you, you are the thinker of your thoughts and you have a responsibility to tear down. Now the apostle Paul in verse three and four tells us that we are, we are in a battle. We are waging war. He tells us we have weapons and he tells us we are in warfare. So some of y'all are like, yeah, I feel like I am. Okay. We are waging war, we have weapons, and we are in warfare. Now, Ephesians 6 reminds us that we do not fight against flesh and blood. So your spouse is not your problem, your boss is not your problem, a government official is not your problem, I'm not your problem for sure. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. We, we are in a spiritual battle, and this Christian battle 
is a spiritual battle. Now, the scripture just said we are in warfare. But this is not a war where the enemy is constantly beating us up, destroying our lives. That, that's not the kind of, if you're in that fight, you're in the wrong fight. We have the authority to what, this is what Paul calls it, 1 Timothy 1.18, wage a good warfare. He goes on to say in 1 Timothy 6.12 that we are to fight the good fight of faith. Well, so here's the question. What is a good fight? A good fight is a fight you win. <laughs> so we have the ability to win. We have the ability to fight a good fight, to wage a good warfare. We have, a, we have the ability to use the weapons. I'm going to give you some weapons today. I want to give you some, some tools today. I want to give you some things today to wage a good warfare. Now, this word warfare mentioned in verse 4 means this. A well-planned attack. This is you. This is not the devil. This is you. We wage this warfare. 2 Corinthians 10.4. We, we are in warfare. We decide the war. A well-planned attack. Strategic warfare. Forward momentum in battle. The route chosen to carry out a debilitating assault against an enemy. This is you. This is what you can do. Not what the devil does to you, but you can wage a good warfare in your life where you're not constantly on the defense defending against the demonic, but you're now on the offense waging war against the enemy, waging war against the things that are coming against you, waging war against the things that are coming against your family. So this is not us in defense constantly having to push back the enemy, but it's rather us on a forward momentum, removing the enemy from our life, from our thoughts, from our family, from our future. Come on, somebody. This is our inheritance as the saints of God that we can wage a good warfare. And Paul tells us that that warfare that's happening, it's happening in the mind. It's happening in our thoughts. That's where this is happening. And so Paul tells us we can tear down and destroy strongholds. So a stronghold, literally the, the definition is a safe place, a fortress, or a castle. That's what a stronghold is. It is, it is the place you fight from. It's the place you strategize from. It's the place you plan from. Think about this. Paul tells us that we all have strongholds. We have thoughts, high things, and arguments, watch me, that are against the knowledge of God. So we go into our stronghold to process. We go into our stronghold to plan. We go into our stronghold to make decisions because that's what you did. The king wasn't making decisions on the battle line. The king would make decisions in the stronghold and then send out the order. Oh my God, y'all are so blessed to hear this word right now. This is going to change your life. It's going to change your life. Not me. I'm saying this word is going to change your life. 
So we have strongholds that are against the knowledge of God, against the will of God, against the plan of God, against the word of God, against the truth of God. So here's what a stronghold is. I love this definition from Rick Renner, who's an amazing theologian. Look him up. He's amazing. A stronghold is a well-defended lie. So we come up here, we go, God wants to do a great work in your life. And from your stronghold, you go, that's not for me. God's a healer. Not for me. God wants to take care of your family. It's for them. You're living in a well-defended lie. A stronghold is a belief system that is real to you but isn't true. See, when, when you let one experience create a sweeping generality, you know you're in a stronghold. So you've been hurt by one man, but now all men. You had one bad church experience, but now all pastors. You had, you had one bad experience, but now all people in authority. You had, am I, am I making sense? You, you allow one experience to create a sweeping generality and you now live from a well-defended lie and we all can do it and we all have to tear down these strongholds so number one he says a, a stronghold is a thought well i'm in point number one but i want to get i'm going to break down the stronghold quickly is a thought now a thought is not only at, at the most basic definition of a thought, it's just the act of thinking. But a thought, one of the definitions here in the Greek language is a verdict. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, only, only God can judge me. Okay, well, if, if God is the judge, then let him decide the verdict. Only God can judge me, preacher. Okay, well, he's already made the verdict. This is a Bible, in case you were wondering. It's not my journal. So this is the verdict. But I have thoughts, and I've made verdicts. I've made judgments. I've made decisions. I say God's my judge, but I don't let him decide the verdict. This is a stronghold. This is how, see, I, I said strongholds are fortresses, they're castles. And strongholds are built, watch me, brick by brick by brick by that bad experience and that experience and what happened to me when I was 10 and how I was treated in high school and what happened 10 years ago that I haven't got free from and and I start building my safe place. It's a verdict. So now let me give you another great theologian who's also named Rick, Rick Warren. He said this, don't believe everything you think. Thank you. I don't know if you've learned this one yet. But, but your thoughts will lie to you. 
and you will make you will make bad judgment calls. You can't believe everything you think. I'll, I'll give you an example from from the original stronghold, Genesis chapter three. In Genesis chapter three, the Bible says that the, that Satan, the serpent, comes to Eve. And he begins to lie to her about the tree. And he says, this will happen if you eat the tree. And this will happen if you eat the tree. And, and he begins to create a stronghold. Here's where her stronghold led her, uh, let, led her excuse me, Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Time out. She didn't know it was good for food. It could have tasted like rotten trash. It could taste, she didn't know it was good for food. But because of what Satan told her, she then looked at the tree differently and went, oh, wow, that actually does look good. She created a verdict. She judged the tree to be good for food. She didn't know if it was good for food. She didn't know if it was healthy. She didn't know if it was poisonous. She didn't know that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Well, that's what Satan told her would happen. It would make her wise. So she, she makes a verdict. The tree is good for food. That's a lie because she didn't know. That the tree would make her wise. That's a lie because that's what Satan said. She's now living in a lie. She's living within a well-defended lie. And she goes, Adam, we got to eat this. It's going to be so delicious. And brick by brick, we create well-defended lies that we live in. So we come in here and we sing, you are good and you'll never let me down. And you go, I've been let down. Just so grateful God loves you. You go, God can't love someone like me. This is how it's always been and this is how it will always be. Well, everyone in my family, well, no one in my family, well, this is Vegas. They're so much better than me. I could never be like that. They're so much worse than me. Thank God I'm not like them. <laughs> I'll never succeed. They'll never find out. By the way, that is one of the greatest lies that people think no one will find out. Number one, you know. Number two, God knows. And number three, the devil knows. Number four, angels know. Number four, demons know. So five people at least know. So just because your wife doesn't find out doesn't mean that all of hell now has an open door into your life because of a lie that you've... No one will ever know. You know. And by the way, there's something worse than getting caught. It's never getting caught. And never having the opportunity to repent. You're like, I came to church at 9 a.m. for you. You jerk. And this is what you're telling me. Okay, I'm... You're like, I came to be lifted up. I thought you were going to be funny today. I brought a friend. <laughs> Thoughts turn into what Paul called high things. Elevated structures and elevated barriers. Wow. It's what scientists call neural pathways. What Paul calls high things, because he didn't have the neuroscience for it, we now have scientific research. I talked about this last week. I don't want to get into 
last week's message again, but we now create neural pathways. We create high things. We create pathways. It's easier and easier to live in the lie. It's easier and easier to defend the lie. It's easier and easier to live in the experience. This word high thing means exalted and set on high. In other words, it becomes your highest form of reality. The word of God no longer is your highest form of reality. Your stronghold is your highest form of reality. And it just keeps getting higher and higher because, remember, it's a structure. I'm building it brick by brick, day by day, thought by thought, month by month, year by year. So I have to be so careful. I have to be so careful that I don't, if I don't address thoughts, the thoughts just keep growing. If I don't address the thoughts, the thoughts just keep, they just keep getting bigger. The lie keeps. And as much as I'm in this high thing thinking I'm keeping you out, I'm really trapped inside of it. See, I think the high thing is protecting me, but the high thing is actually stopping me. When I'm in the stronghold, I feel safe, but I'm actually small. Because I hear and I process and I think and I plan and I, from my stronghold. So someone does that. We talked about triggered last week. Again, I'm not trying to review, but we talked about triggered last week. Someone does something to you that triggers you and you respond to them, not for what they did, but for how you feel about something else that happened. Because you're in your stronghold. The thought becomes a high thing, becomes finally an argument. Here's what an argument means. A reason, an imagination. How a person determines what they find reasonable. Paul said your stronghold has become your argument. It's how a person determines what they find reasonable. So you're a Christian... Because Paul was writing to Christians in 2 Corinthians. You're a Christian, but you're living in a lie. You're a Christian, but you're in your stronghold. You're a Christian, but you're bound by your stronghold. You think it's keeping you safe. It's not keeping you safe. So Jesus talks about this. This is an amazing passage of Scripture in John chapter 8. Jesus is, is telling a group of Jewish disciples. The Bible actually calls them disciples. So these are converted Jewish men who have come to the faith, they're now believing in Jesus. And Jesus says, so Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, notice that, they believed in him, they were believers. If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now we, we've heard that a million times, right? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, wow. It's, it's on our refrigerator it's on your grandma's coffee table, you know. It's a powerful scripture. You know what their response to that was? They said, we're children of Abraham. We have never been bound. We're a slave to no one. They're Christians that are in denial about their bondage. I can quit whenever I want. It wasn't for anyone in the room. It was for someone online. Am I helping you? Yes. But we've never been bound to anyone. 
How about the Babylonians? How about the Assyrians? How about the fact that they were currently under the bondage of Rome? But never been bound, never been enslaved to anyone. How about Egypt? I'm a, ch- I'm a child of Abraham. I've never been. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm, I... And you learn a verse. And you state a truth. But you say it from your stronghold. Jesus says, but I want to to set you free. And they go, we are free. Now, now this is is where the American church is right now because we've embraced the grace message on such a radical level that we are bound, we are addicted, we are in sin. And we go, grace. And I I believe in grace. I love grace. I'm going to do a series on grace this summer, but... We've taken it too far because a grace that does not transform is not grace. And a truth that does not set free is not truth. And Jesus says the truth can set you free. And they go, we're free. And he goes, you're not. You're not. So now you're living in a stronghold and you hear through your stronghold and you reason through your stronghold and you see through your stronghold. And now you live from your experience. Not from truth, but your experience. Not from the truth of God's promise, but from your experience. And, and your experience is powerful, and, you're, and you should use your experience. We just shouldn't call our experience truth. We should call it experience. So that the celebration of of. American culture right now is my truth. But you don't have any truth that can change is not truth. So it's not truth, it's experience. And it's real. But it isn't truth. So now I'm I'm in my safe place that's really my small place. I'm in the place that I built to keep you out but it's really trapping me in. And God says, you're going to have to tear this down. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm a Pentecostal charismaniac. I grew up in crazy Pentecostal church. And growing up, here's what my pastor would have told me. He would have said, you walk around that stronghold seven times. And then you shout, Joshua. And the walls will come down. I grew up in a in a day and age where the evangelist would have done this and then he would have come out with a sledgehammer. And he would have said, the strongholds are coming down. I grew up in a day when men with giant muscles would come out in little tank tops and these would be real bricks and they would go, Jesus is going to set you free just like this. And they would break the bricks. And we would shout and we would cry and we would go home the same. Because as much as I wish I could go, in the name of Jesus, it doesn't work that way. Because you built this brick by brick. And you're going to have to take it down, brick. 
I know it's not exciting by brick. So if I would have done it the other way, you would all be on your feet right now. Leonard would be on the keys. No, 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 no. What are you talking about? I don't know, but it was powerful. But instead, I got a golf clap. Why? Because, and that's okay that we, I got a golf clap. At least I got something. At least I didn't get cussed out. But it's just, because it's just, it's going to take thought. Because you, because you're where you are right now. Thought by 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 thought. And now, now thought by thought by thought by thought, I'm going to have to. I am loved. God does have a plan for my life. God is for me. The word of God is working in me. And I have to tear down, but now I have to build up. So now I'm building it. Oh man, I feel Jesus. Now I'm building a different stronghold. Now I'm building a good stronghold. Now I'm not building a well-defended lie. I'm building a well-defended truth. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There is hope for my child. I will be set free. I am not a victim to my circumstance. I will not be bound by what that one person told me or said about me. And now I start because I tore down, but now I have to build back up. And I, and I can't just do it with a five-minute prayer. I got here by my thoughts, and now I'm going to get there by my thoughts, but it's going to be new thoughts. So point one was tear down. Point two is rebuild. So now, look what it, it said, the knowledge of God taking every thought captive to obey Christ. So I got here by my thinking, and I'm going to get to where I want to go by my thinking. So how do I do it? Because this is the big... I still haven't told you any how-tos. I know I haven't been very practical. I'm still just trying to stir your faith to believe that you can, you can do this. So here's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, watch, whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Whatever is Right. Whatever is of a good report, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, think, think, you are the thinker of your thoughts, think about such things. And I got to stay here and I got to think and I got to think right and I got to think and I, and I don't just do it by willpower. I do it by being renewed by the word of God. Think on these things. This is prayer and this is focus. Prayer and focus. Prayer and focus. Prayer and focus. The lady who cuts my hair after last week's message decided not to listen to secular secular non-christian music whatever you want to call it this week so she she said i I detoxed all my music for a week and she said it was pretty easy till i had to work out and she goes but then i was working out and and i'm listening to like hillsong worship and she goes it just wasn't enough and she goes then i found out she goes jamie there is christian rap (laughs) 
I said, there is. I said, were you listening to like Andy Minio, Lecrae? Like I started naming. And she goes, I don't know. Uh, I, just, I just downloaded a Christian playlist of rap. So we start looking at the playlist. I go, yeah, that's, look, there's Lecrae. There's Andy Minio. There's, whoa. Thought. So now when you're in the gym running, you're not listening to blankety, blankety, blank, blank, blankety, blankety, blank. But the beat gets me hyped. Because blankety, 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 blank, blank, blankety, blank is building a stronghold. So I have to decide what I listen to because whatever I listen to is going to transform my thinking. I'm going to get into detail next week, but the woman with the issue of blood heard about Jesus and thought to herself. She heard and she thought. She heard and she thought because whatever you hear will determine what you think. So every day we have a choice. I have a choice, huh? And here's what I want to do. I want to go, yeah, da, 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 ba, 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 and I want to pray into, and, but they're still going to be there. And every day I want to go, can I like drink some tea to lose weight? And can I lose 40 pounds in the next four days? No. I'm going to have to make choices, huh? And my diet is going to determine my health because I am what I eat. And you think what you listen to. And I'll be honest with you, when you're, when you're retraining your brain, good thoughts, they taste like broccoli. Positivity tastes like Brussels sprouts. Praising God instead of complaining feels like asparagus. And you just want to go back to gossip and lust and greed and cursing out your family and flipping the bird on the freeway because you know book of proverbs says that gossip is like a choice morsel it's like a party size cool ranch dorito and it tastes good and it's killing you And this doesn't taste this good, but it's giving you life. And as you're retraining your brain, it might feel like this for a while. But this is giving you nutrients, and this is giving you vitamins, and this is is driving out sickness, and this is driving out all kinds of pain and inflammation out of your body, and this is driving out toxins, and this is driving out all that crap that you put in your body. But I, don't, but I don't want this, God. I want this, God. And I want it, and I want to just, I want to just tear down the strongholds. But it's actually going to happen piece by piece by piece, brick by brick by brick. 
And I'm not against breakthrough and I'm not against miracles and, I'm not, and I have had moments of breakthrough and miracles. And, yeah, right. but, but just the vast majority of my life, like 99%, yeah. is brick by brick by honor by generosity by speaking life by by staying in the word by does, does that make sense and and I so I have to tear down and I have to rebuild and and it's going to take time this cuz you're you're you are where you are after 40 years 50 years 60 years 70 years 30 years. I'm not telling you you have 30 years to, to change your life, but what I am saying is you're going to have to get serious about this for six months, a year, two years, three years, and you'll start looking back in chunks of six months to a year, and you'll go, I am not who I was. Come on, somebody. Brick by brick by thought by thought. Thinking upon these things. So God, my prayer is for the grace and the strength and the and the determination to use our weapons to wage a good warfare. A strategic plan against our enemy that brings freedom to our mind, to our life, to our future. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We cast down every thought, every high thing, every imagination, everything that would set itself up against the knowledge of God, and we replace it with the truth of God's word. In the mighty name of Jesus.